working our way through seven years of space hazards since V'ger, please. A hateful voyage through the Delta Quadrant. My name is Joseph. And I'm the destroyer of target artifacts, Peter. <laughs> A magic prince right off the bat, and you made it. My uh, God. You. That was my gift for you. Oh, I love shatter effects. I do. Use them all the time. Uh, and another useful thing for any podcast are dutiful listeners who provide feedback. And we want to provide a shout out to one of our listeners who did that. There is this mad lad named Kevin who found our show like two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago, not that long ago and listened to every episode. He, he fucking mainlined the whole damn thing listening at like 1.5 speed. God bless him. And he kept us updated on the trauma support group of his of his pace of of listening, and we were like impressed he could listen to us. Horrified, that much. yeah, horrified, horrified, really. But we said at the end, like, "Hey, since you just listened to every episode, could you give us some feedback? Could you write us an email, say, hey, what did we do well? You know, like, where could we improve?' I mean, I, even we haven't listened to some of these episodes all that recently." <laughs> And he said, sure. And he did. He wrote up a nice, uh, nice email that kind of gave us uh, some some props and, and some areas to improve on. And uh, I think we largely agreed with his assessment. So, uh, Kevin, thank you so much for doing that. And we know we've got a lot of listeners out there who like to listen kind of in their their quiet corners of their own homes and not necessarily engage with the community and not necessarily speak out. And that's great. We, we appreciate all of you. But if there is one thing that you would be willing to do for us, just one, uh, we would really appreciate some more reviews on iTunes specifically. It's actually been a couple of years since anyone's left a review. And that's surprisingly one of the top ways that you can uh, help your uh, podcast be seen and recommendations, whether it's a review on iTunes, which is, I think, the way most people download it to whatever your service is. Please take a second leave a review even if it's a crappy one because then we'll talk we talk about the crappy review we got over the picard episodes all the time because it was right painful lessons yeah so lay it on us guys like engage give us some engagement there we would we would really appreciate it speaking of pain go on yeah uh, very dark place this week um i haven't talked about it because i couldn't go but uh this is dragon con weekend and oh yeah, that's like your favorite drinking holiday. Yeah, that's uh that's traditionally where I shuffle off my adult coil and go be a, a little heathen. Last year, of course, was uh the middle of COVID, so it was a no-go. This year we got a newborn kicking around, so I did the the right thing and said, I'm not going out. It is fucking killing me, man. I feel- I bet. I feel the hook getting pulled. I see Instagram and Facebook, these costumes, these people, and it's just like, oh, God. I have a few people I follow on Twitter who went, and I, I knew kind of on my periphery it was happening. And uh, God bless. You know, I, I'm glad some of this stuff is firing back up. And, um, yeah, I feel for you, dude. You, you're doing the right thing, but it, it must hurt. Especially, so uh, you came Death by back, a thousand cuts. You came back from a Dragon Con with stories related to your Trek exploits. Totally. Uh, I, you know, there's always next year. Just stop making babies. It seems to be key. 
It's not a bad idea. Yeah, every time you have a kid, man, it's like you're slapping that reset button on fun. <laughs> like there's a timer, and, and at the end of the timer is like this thing can walk, talk, and use the potty by itself, and now cool things can start happening, and every new baby, it's just reset back to puke and crying. Speaking of resetting things. Yeah. Peter. Oh, that's a good segue. It was solid. Well done. It's Joe. like we've done this before. Joe. Yes. What if? What if Voyager didn't fucking suck? What if, <laughs> what if whatever silly rules that UPN and the showrunners and Rick Berman and God knows who else, whatever shackles they put on this TV show that makes it shit the bed over and over and over again, what if all of that stuff magically got thrown out the window and what if Voyager could just produce the perfect fucking thing? Would that be a season seven episode 11 shattered? My God. (laughs) I fucking told you you'd like this dude. I, I guaranteed you'd like it. You pitched it as a clip show, which is is the 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 worst light to possibly have put such a stellar episode into like i was not prepared for this at all you see that was the service i did to you peter i lowered your expectations enough so that when it happened you were enraptured this is my gift to you this was let's see here uh michael sussman and michael taylor's gift to me so did what what else has Sussman done here? Because as a writer in Voyager, what else has this guy's got? Meld. Well, there's your Tuvix story. The Swarm. Boo. Haunting of Deck 12. Big Miss. Unimatrix Zero. Yuck. Body and Soul. I liked it. Shattered. And then we got a Repentance Prophecy Author Author. I believe that's going to be the one with uh, the doctor writing a book. Oh, I mean, most of the rest of this, obviously, since we just watched Shattered, is in uh, deeper in season seven. But sure, I I said last week that this is one of my personal favorites because it is the fourth wall being completely shattered <laughs> on the premise of Voyager to a sort of uh, a semi-comedic effect, yet also poignant. Um, it's just the right mix of all of the impulses of both Trek and Voyager. And I think you, you put it right there at the beginning. It's like, what if you just unshackled these writers and let them just kind of go a little hog wild with all of the stuff they've done? And you get this, which it, I think it's still correct to call it a clip show. But it's like the way a clip show should be, which is your actual characters going back through the clips in real time, reflecting on how stupid this was that this happened. I, I man, I don't I don't even know if I can really say that there's a strong comedic element. Like everything's so deserved, so good. Um, while the, it's a meta, it's a meta comedy thing. The show, the episode is not funny, but it is. Like, there is a taking the piss element when you have Chakotay bent over unconscious uh, crew members. And it's like, oh, this could have been the time we got taken over by the telepathic pitcher plant. Or the aliens who invade our dreams. Whatever, we made it. And then the, you, you go to the next scene, right? Like, that's fucking hilarious. 
because they know what they're doing when they make that joke. Self-aware. Yes. It's self-aware. And I'm sitting here saying it's not funny. The flip side, like the entire time I'm watching, I'm like, this is machine gunning, deep cut, relevant. And as you put it, poignant moments in Voyager's own history, which, which again, if this is your first episode ever listening to us, that's like the first cardinal sin of Star Trek Voyager is Val shall not remember yesterday, right? Absolutely. It's, we can, constantly complain about it. You it, you are not allowed to talk about what happened last episode, let alone last season. So this thing is off the charts in that respect. But the it it's so smart. It's so engaging and and so the pacing is so quick on it like it almost felt like this could have been a lower decks episode right that that's it's how... a lower decks episode that took itself seriously right like it's almost like the season finale of season one yes everything works it's a fucking delight uh i loved it and i'm very excited to talk about it so uh we open up with a puzzle that has uh l cars on it like is that like the computer like listen <laughs> We're a paperless office, and God forbid you're actually going to print physical media. I'll be damned if I'm getting cut out of the picture. So here, you get to see my fucking save button in the, the Microsoft Office ribbon along the side there. I like the idea that there isn't really a uh, a template for this. So uh, Echeb created the idea of this puzzle and replicated it so that he could, quote, teach genetics to Naomi but they really just because so they could do a puzzle um you know they're they're doing their their kids and you know one's the more mature teenager and the other is a you know much younger preteen thing i don't want on the screen um I, i've mentioned that every time each of has been on screen the past three appearances his hip-hop camouflage outfit i thought first like those are just his clothes but it's all he ever wears He's in an ugly uniform, the likes of which we haven't seen since Will Wheaton as young Wesley Crusher. Yeah, they do him put no this favor. Guy... Put him in these space ponchos. Put him in a fucking Starfleet cadet uniform. If he's going to be in the same clothing every time, like he's appearing on Married with Children or The Simpsons or something, just make it something that makes sense for him to always be wearing. But This scene exists entirely to set up you know, Chakotay going and getting a bottle of booze for his his uh, dinner with the captain and uh, telling each of that uh, the first key, you know, leadership test of being a Starfleet officer, which he is now aspiring to be, is not snitching on your superiors when they're hiding booze. And he's like, I read you, Commander. Don't worry. <laughs> I will hide it with the Borg shit. So it gets like assimilated. So the next time you drink it, uh, bad things will happen to us. He says, good idea. What he says is, uh, I'll hide it by all the stolen Borg technology because it spooks the space rat. And that'll keep uh, Neelix from, you know, stealing it and mixing it with Leo or, or something else disgusting. Off Chakotay goes up to his dinner date with um, Janeway. She has the replicator completely disassembled all over the floor. Because, of course, once again... She's burned the pot roast. Just a replay of the same joke. It works. Yeah. Okay. Perfect for this episode. 
again, I'm looking at this Mike Sussman. Like the fact that Brian Fuller isn't involved in this. He's the script supervisor. I mean, he's involved with all of them. I don't know, man. Like how much did he could he have punched up the script? How much did Mike Sussman bring into it? Because like. Again, this is this is a maximum Voyager here, right? Every little bit of long term viewership rewarding that you can do is being done here. Yes, Janeway burned her pot roast the one time. Janeway is a scientist. Janeway's not afraid to get out there and help fix the ship when things are wrong. So her sitting on the floor at dinner time trying to fix this fucking toaster with her own hands, like it that right there, the amount of continuity packed into that brief moment is already unprecedented. And um Chicote shows up, he brings up the 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 roasted uh pot or I'm sorry, the the rune pot roast, which I think was from what ashes to ashes correct that was harry's canadian girlfriend and uh and they they start getting real flirty the ship rocks and janeway to bridge what's going on oh uh space butthole you better get up here and off they go and and the first time like this is the only thing that sticks out of like a sore thumb is like chakotay's place is suddenly in main engineering yeah they they suddenly are wherever it is that there's a very uh tall ceiling (laughs) that was like this weird you know there was they forgot to put the bulkhead of the ceiling where it was supposed to be there and like so it just looks like up the warehouse what yeah what is this massive wall it was maybe the only shot i can recall in voyager where i'm like that's a sound stage (laughs) like big big wolf there boys missed uh missed making that set correct do you have to do that reshoot that one what happened Chakotay gets down to engineering. Uh, bad stuff's happening. The warp core is going to go evacuate it. He runs up to the warp core and starts pushing buttons like he knows what the fuck he's doing. Uh, space butthole opens up outside of Voyager. We got Harry Kim sitting in the captain's chair. What is it? I don't know. And then uh, bingo, bango, boingo. Chakotay gets electrocuted by the warp core, hits the deck. He's flickering. Half his face is turning old, and I'm like, oh shit, are we going to get to see Skeletor Chakotay again? We do not, because he wakes up, and this that's the end of the teaser, uh, he wakes up in sickbay, and the doctor has informed him that all of his organs were out of time flux with the rest of him, and he had to swiftly invent a amazing antidote to a time disease, and then laments. Uh, that if he were in the Alpha Quadrant, he would be given, like, awards for being such an amazing doctor. And it is the first hint to the viewer that something is wrong. Because Robert Picardo, being the best actor on the show, just is not acting like the doctor that we know at this point. He's just not. He is acting like an earlier version of the doctor one that didn't have as well developed an emotional profile that didn't have that sense of empathy that he slowly gains throughout the course of the show that that sort of smiling enthusiasm uh that eventually kind of starts to establish itself in his character none of that exists he's kind of that weird asshole robot guy everything that we have said about how Voyager refuses to be self-referential. Like the only example counter to that is seven of nine's development as a person turning from a Borg drone into a human being. 
and the doctor. And one of these things was intentionally put in the script as plot points. And the other one is a very cheeky actor who clawed their own character development uh, very carefully, uh, clandestinely from season one forward and, and forced it into existence. And that effort is deeply rewarded in this moment. Now, as someone who came in essentially unspoiled, like, did you pick up on that? No, I didn't. I see. That's how effective it was. Yeah. And I mean, looking back on it, I'm sure I could go back and rewatch that scene. It's not until uh, Jacote goes, you know, what's going on with everyone else? And he says, well, I can't get communication with the rest of the ship. Uh, you know, I'm kept in the dark. You just transported here out of nowhere and I fixed you. And Chakotay goes, well, listen, we got to get up and, and start helping other people. You're coming with me. Uh, and that's when the doctor drops, like, in case you forgot, I'm a prisoner here. I can't just walk around. And he goes, well, grab your mobile emitter. And the doctor's like, what the fuck is that? And now we start ringing the bell. My initial thought was that this was going to be similar to that Worf episode of TNG where he's flying back and he starts getting knocked around to the alternate realities. Parallels. Gonna, yeah, yeah. That we're going to see parallel universes. Um, what we're going to get here is same timeline just different moments uh along it and what's going to <laughs> this is a quantum leap episode i guess <laughs> well it's not quantum leap because it is everything that happened to the ship it's just happening all at the same time to it in different parts and it's he's more quantum leaping along it's, a, it's more of a doctor who episode yeah but i hate british tv so okay fair enough Let's, let's stay in the uh, the franchise expanded cast Scott Bakula <laughs> adjacent uh, property. Oh, you'll, you'll get enough of Scott Bakula soon enough, my friend. Too much, I'm sure. Chicote grabs a med kit, heads up to the bridge. Uh, when he's in the turbo lift, a a sort of wave overcomes him. Med kit he was carrying no longer is with him. He's like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> the door is open on the bridge, and he comes out, and he's like, uh hey guys what's up hey harry and harry's like i have we met i don't know you and then you see Catherine janeway with a bun looking dope i miss look, that hair looking stern like arrest that man that's the terrorist we're after and this is where the real dun 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 sets in you're like uh-oh <laughs> what is uh, this yeah my notes say seven years prior dope i see now the rules they're laying out for the episode. And that is no piece is off the table. Nothing is off limits. God only knows what's going to happen here. My note at that point is, okay, so you've got the bridge set up. You're missing Tuvok, obviously, because he's undercover on the uh, Jean Paul or whatever the hell Chakotay's ghetto sleds called. But I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like you couldn't afford that Roga Dinar money. I'm to sorry. Get the I'm sorry the john paul what, what's it called the, the john val john whatever <laughs> keep your uppity fucking broadway bullshit to yourself i don't care all right we're watching voyager here all right but yeah, i'm but like no, no rogan dinar money i'm like oh you don't have that rogan dinar. it, it would have killed you to get rogan dinar or whoever because rogan dinar was he the first officer or was he the doctor? Yeah, he was the doctor i some some gray-haired uh dude that I've never seen before and we've never seen again was the first officer. Yeah, that Jane we never mentioned since, but I'm like, oh, you couldn't get that Rogan and Marty. Little did I know 
Little did I know where all the special guest star money was going to end up going. Oh, it went to the right places. All the right, almost all the right places. So Janeway's like, yeah, arrest this fool. True to the Voyager experience. And this is one of the things I think that we will consistently give the TV show credit for. Is that the crew of Voyager, when put in a goofy or awkward situation, nine times out of ten, is not too proud to say, hey, I'm feeling crazy. Hey, (laughs) I think I'm out of time phase. Hey, I think I got kicked into a parallel universe. I mean, we've done skits about this, right? Like, that these are professionals. These are professional space madness encounterers. Mm -hmm. So, the... Hey guys, I think something fucky is happening. It's like going to get at least a little bit of an investigation. <laughs> like, yeah, it could be true. I mean, this literally, ha- literally weirder things have happened and we have records of them. We will encounter them later in the episode. TNG, people used to keep stuff on the DL. It's the flagship. You don't want to seem foolish. There's a thousand plus people in here. We've got resources. You don't have to treat everything as life and death. Uh, Voyager, you're far away from home. Things are very dangerous and it's a bad place to fuck around and find out. So you act a little bit more caution. This is a pattern of behavior that I think Voyager has reinforced. And it happens early on. Um, But Janeway's not to this point yet. This version of Janeway is still Alpha Quadrant safe. Uh, You know, we're not far from home. We got plenty of resources we have ways to restock our torpedoes. I can have coffee whenever I want. So you've got future Chakotay's like, listen, this is going to sound crazy, but I trust you, Catherine. And I'm going to, I'm going to approach you with the seven years from now kind of talk where we're just open about our space calamity encounters. And then Janeway's like, no, you're full of shit. And I don't believe this at all. <laughs> you're just a crafty space terrorist. You motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so here's your your zany story, or how about you found out we were going to come hunt your ass down, and you snuck on my ship. So he starts doing the traditional thing, like, uh, your dog's name is whatever, and you wish you'd played the violin, and here's all this real intimate stuff. Oh, that doesn't come up until later. So it's, they start with the, you know, I think some weird timey-wimey bullshit is happening, and, and Janeway's like, yeah not not true take him to the brig right so they the other two guys like one of them gets a bunch of lines <laughs> like the yeah. security officer yeah uh they take try to take him down to the brig of course they pass through the barrier and are just vanished and that's when the best thing happens in the episode christmas comes early christmas yeah. comes in uh september 1st of 2021 because the doors open in engineering He's like, wow, that was a wild, wacky thing. To- oh, God! And then just gets hit right in the face with a phaser rifle uh, by a by a Kazon. By a Kmart um, Klingon. And uh, who should be with them? But the very best villain this show ever had, and it's not close. The one, the only, the Queen of Burns, Seska. Not seen since the end of season three. Here she is, once again, for your enjoyment and mine. No, uh, worst case scenario was later than season three, wasn't it? It was before Seven of Nine was on the show. It was had to have been in season three. God, was it? it? Was, in fact, I think it was right before 
the uh, the first uh, Scorpion episode. Time flies, I guess. Uh, I'm fucking pumped. I'm like, holy shit, fucking Seska. And not only is it Seska, it is a Seska that could potentially have agency. It's not a, it's not a computer program that's trapped in a loop. It's not just fuzzy memories. This is a living, breathing Seska who has an impact on the world around her. And it's Seska with her boyfriend in a real fucked up next gen style uh time adventure the the seska's superpower and why we appreciate her so much as a villain is that she has the unique capacity in the star trek universe to just not be a fucking idiot that's just (laughs) like you know everyone else in star trek temporarily comes down with being a fucking idiot and that's as we used to call it (laughs) yes the space yips but Seska, that's her superpower. She's immune to space yips, right? Like she's she just sees the truth of things the way that an irrational adult would. <laughs> and so it is with this power she eventually uses this power, by the way. She eventually like affirms like the 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 only uh true course of action for herself through just using logical deduction. Uh but like there is a bit of the yips from her. Because what happens is they render Chakotay unconscious. They come back from commercial break. They're, you know, he's like, okay, don't worry. No, no, I'm doing my usual good cop, bad cop thing. Well, she's coming in with this thing towards his face, and he's like, oh, and I'm like, man, is she gonna go after those neck juices again? <laughs> what is she like injecting this stuff? Is it like heroin to her? Uh, but no, it's just a dermal regenerator. She's fixing like, him up. And he's like, no, I wouldn't hurt you, Chakotay. You're, I wanted you to be my baby daddy. I, I And you damn near convinced of it for like a whole half a season. It was great. We can be best friends. We can be buddies. Martha Hackett looking great even in her makeup. You know, mm-hmm. four years after she's played this character. Hasn't missed a fucking beat. Love it. And uh, Seska is, if you took Deanna Troy and and moved the ability to read uh, people's emotions and instead realign that magic power to being able to read the plot. <laughs> and read then, the script real quick? Like, yeah, oh, like that's what's going to happen. She can sense the script for bullshit and then remove uh, Deanna Troy's character trait of being fucking worthless and replace with Seska's uh, being a bad bitch yes that's that's where all the love of seska goes i'm fucking pumped she's on screen cut into real life what's going on right any other time i'm watching voyager completely uninterrupted and my wife is avoiding the room with voyager uh like it's the plague room right right when you have kids you run into these weird situations occasionally where it's like why am i smelling what i believe to be poop is it poop the eternal question of having children so she's on a witch hunt looking for a rogue diaper somewhere in the living room she's turning lights on she's talking to me she's like it smells over here i can't and and she's going around i'm like trying to contain my rage now because like the burn queen is here and she's ruining this moment for me and i'm just like listen just give me 45 minutes and i'll help you move the couch or whatever but like now's a real bad time to ask me if i'm smelling poop like Leave me the fuck No, away. I smell greatness right now. <laughs> Don't I focus smell. on the negative. That is not piss. It's it's excellence you're smelling. 
so she where we're at in the Seska timeline is between basics one and two. Uh, Voyager stranded down on Volcano Dinosaur Island. Uh, Lon Suter is ostensibly in the uh, tubes getting ready to club some fools. And Seska has asserted dominance along with, um, oh, what the hell was his name? Maj Kulla. Ah, yeah, wow, yeah, I could not have remembered that. Maj Kulla, man, I, I'll, I'll give that dude props. He, uh, he was he grew on me. I really, I really like, I remembered his character. Uh, and also, I recall, we really liked him. <laughs> we're like, yeah, he was he's great. actually a very effective antagonist. He was great. Uh, you know, he's got a good selection of henchmen with various decoder rings with poison needles. And you know what? Uh, he he lived. <laughs> that was yeah. the like, underrated thing. He actually, like, got GTFO'd mm-hmm. with the baby and was just like, oh, well, I lost. <laughs> and that was it. We just <laughs> waved goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Voyager. Get out of here. Go enjoy the Borg, you assholes. Which, now I'm thinking about it, like the Kazon we joke but like having racial immunity to, to assimilation not the worst thing to have in life in the delta quadrant yeah to be so pathetic as to be ignored by the thing that murders everyone that seems not like even a high ignored, but like actively avoided that's that's something uh so Kazon control this ship and uh seska's well, like you know what let's take a second before you go too much farther because i want to reflect on something because this is our only is our last chance to do so the Borg could not make anything useful out of the Kazon, but Seska could best Voyager using the Kazon. That's how good an antagonist she is. Like, the Borg Queen gets clowned by the Delta Flyer and Tom Paris doing a drive-by with the assault rifle. Seska managed to strand the whole of that goddamn ship on, on Volcano Dinosaur Island and was only defeated as a consequence of Lon Suter murdering the fuck out of everyone in engineering, combined with Tom Paris going on a murder spree in a shuttlecraft while finding, you know, friends to do assault it with. Like, it's a way, way, way more effort <laughs> than they ever had. about the supercomputer EMH actively working against Yes, yeah, the Colonel Campbell. Like, Seska is so good... She made the Kazon a far more effective force against Voyager than the Borg ever were. I'm not taking anything away from Seska and her accomplishments, but I'm going to say that what you're doing right now is actually comparing Seska, the Queen of Burns, against the the Dorg, the (laughs) The, the Borg's developmentally challenged uh, cousins who look a lot like the Borg, but certainly can't be the Borg right obviously there's there's no way that those guys are the board so so yeah she blew the door out of the water but no no you got a great point that this is this is a real great cameo for her uh she goes what the fuck are you doing here how'd you get back on the ship how many other officers are on the ship uh, she she creates it she does a space yep which is she allows chakotay to go over to an ied you know, like Not promising, to, <laughs> like, <laughs> like the IED in front of the warp core of like the yeah. fat boy of IEDs. He gets up. She's like, he's like, I got to access that console. And she's like, OK. And she's like, and then there is a nuclear explosion. Well, what he does is he does a he does a Star Trek karate chop on the on the Kazon, gets a rifle, and then he shoots it. Yeah, and it's like starts like a coolant leak, which I think is supposed to cause a fucking warp core breach, but doesn't. So it is like it is like Seska's only mistake ever. 
so which makes it forgivable but uh she uh she watches as he goes through a a a time barrier and notices that he is vanished when they're trying to pursue him and she's like oh oh it's fucked up something's (laughs) fucked up right now i've read the script i got distracted for a second i've read the script this is not good no one follow him start scanning there's there's bullshit happening on this fucking ship Mm mm-hmm so anybody else would be like, huh, that's weird. All right, guys, just reset back to stock position. She's like, mm, let's get ready for this. Something is fucky. Uh, he goes back to sick bay, and that's when he finally confirms to the doctor, hey, what year is it? And he's like, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, no wonder you don't know that you have a mobile emitter. You're in season two. <laughs> like, uh, okay. I Now he knows, like, what's happening. Like, I went to the bridge. It was before we got to the Delta Quadrant. Uh, I'm here at season two. That's the end of it's the beginning of season three down <laughs> down in engineering. Uh, I think the ship is time broken. So and I think I get to go through the time barriers because you cured me of the time aids. So with all of that in mind, we now have a plan. I need help. Make so, me a casing for the time serum so that I can go get the captain. I'm. I'm trying to. All right. So it wasn't the fact that he got shocked by the warp core that makes him special. It's the fact that he is the only person in contact with the super smart AI EMH who's able to fix the plot and make him immune to it. Correct. Okay. Because I thought him getting um, hit with a warp core energy was kind of what was making him special in these situations. That was the it was the thing that the doctor came up with is what made him immune. So uh, the doctor gives him some uh, magic serum in a handy dandy uh, hypo spray. Which why is he able to bring the hypo spray with him through that? Because I, I thought they explicitly said in the dialogue, oh. "Hey, can you uh, replicate a hyper spray casing that?" has the same properties as the serum so he can pet so he can come with me through a time barrier like again they actually do address it and again that's, that's all you need takes. to do yeah is it, is it looking... silly and preposterous? make a time impervious uh uh what the fuck is it in mandalorian beskar make me a beskar hypo spray and the doctor's like here you go cool that's all i need works great good job mike sussman a plus he uh goes back up to the bridge right there in red alert they're like what the fuck happened Janeway is all like, you, Harry's got his little phaser out. Where's my security people? Uh, I don't know. They got bamped off somewhere else. But uh, look, we're going to try this again, right? I'm, and this I'm is gonna... where he lays the personal details out of like you the the call out of you wish you learned an instrument. That was actually specifically dialogue from an episode from the uh, one where a Senator uh, Kelly shows up in, in uh, Bolana's flashbacks because they have all of the, the blue ball. The blue ball guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Like she actually says that to him. Like there is an episode where that happens, you know, and the Irish setter thing was all kind of invented as backstory and for this moment though. But obviously we've established from the pilot that she has a dog and is an Irish setter. Getting shades of co-opted, right? Co-opted is doing his thing. He's reverse co-opting her. Hey, you in the ready room with me now bring this uh, security officer. No one's ever heard of or seen of before, because this is going to be an actor who gets spoken lines. And we don't want to have this guy around anymore than we absolutely have to. 
Yeah, he died when they went to the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the people who just died. Maybe she executes him uh, after because he's fucking terrible. So uh, Chakotay's like, yeah, listen, so I got this magic hypo spray. It's going to let you live through these magic time things. And I need you to go on a splendid time adventure through portals with me. Uh, we got Rick and Morty. We're going to go on a Rick and Morty adventure. And she's like, cool. <laughs> or okay, maybe Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, maybe this is uh, chromium particles, or uh, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's a uh, horse tranquilizer or whatever. Listen, 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 listen uh, Janeway, listen. You gotta take the time. You gotta take the time juice, Janeway. We've gotta, we've gotta go to another dimension where we are being invaded by giant uh, diseases. <laughs> we gotta go. We gotta go, Janeway. Oh, gee, Rick. See, here's the thing. Uh, I'm anti-time vax. Oh, it's, it's too soon. <laughs> so, so anti-vax Kathy's like, well, I'm not going to do this because it could be poison. And Chakotay's like, well, uh, I don't have time for this shit. So he gets her by the arm, right? Oh, yeah, so you disable her. a woman. Absolutely. And puts the hypospray up to his neck. And he runs this gambit because Chakotay has spent seven years on this ship. And Chakotay knows all too well that Voyager security is complete dog shit and mm. he can take as much time as he needs because this dude is going to be super slow on the draw, not shoot him at all and let him abduct the, uh, the captain off the bridge and down a hallway where uh security guy gets some throwaway lines and Chakotay goes, well, fuck you sprays Janeway in the neck and then uh, jumps to the left and time warps. Right. Let's do the time warp again. But with Janeway in tow, who is able to to make the transition. And then that's when Janeway's convinced, oh, you're not full of shit. I guess this weird timey wimey bullshit is actually happening. And she's like, yep, I wasn't lying. Will you please help me fix this? <laughs> like, all right. Oh, meanwhile, they're like, he's still. So there's an undercurrent from this point forward, a very clear undercurrent. And that is past Janeway is into Chakotay. You cannot tell me it's anything else. Past Janeway starts to give off the fuck vibe to Chakotay from this point forward of like, you charming, sexy devil. And even asks at the end, did we, do we fuck? Like she's that interested of like, man, I think we fuck. <laughs> and it's, I don't know why they went with that choice. But they do it because you have to, because this is a perfect episode of what if they weren't playing fucking games and were actually out to make stellar episodes that didn't have their heads up their own asses. What if there wasn't a monkey there? <laughs> he made, it, made her in that fucking bathtub, right? Like, What if Kathy could not deny the fact that Beltran fucks? Yes, no one can. He is a sex machine. We have established this. And they play into it, man. They both of them are giving each other the sex eye and and Kate Mulgrew is just, you know, giving him that sultry, ooh, you a bad boy. I like that. Like But Chicote's also big brother here. Chicote is business the whole time. Chicote's trying to be mindful of the uh temporal directive which Janeway is not because she has a million and one questions about what happens uh, and they're not clear for a while what's going to happen here my 
I was figuring everybody's going to go back into um, their normal timeline and just have to pretend this shit didn't happen. Uh, we'll find out by the end that, you know, they're able to magically reset everybody. So none of it matters. He starts establishing this connection with her. Uh, we get a great shot where we get to spend a little bit of time down one corridor, as you put it, where crew members are just zonked out on the floor yeah. in a little coma. Right. And the joke is Chakotay doesn't know which of the circumstances when the entire crew is incapacitated by an alien force. It is because it has happened so frequently. Right. Like that's the fucking joke. And it is the perfect fucking joke to tell. Like "Ah, maybe it'd been this time or maybe it's this time. And the fact that he like explains it in five words and it sounds completely ridiculous. Mm hmm. Oh, man, just blah. you can't. They do the one uh, bliss and that's the the world eating plant or a monster that like fools everyone. And then the voice behind the leather glove. Right. That's the one where. Uh, oh, geez. Uh, seven and uh, seven. Naomi have to save the ship because they're the only ones who don't want to go home. The only way to save the ship is to become an active shooter down in engineering. Yeah, and they and they run into the guy who does all of the dialogue from one of the Civilization games, who's Mark Shepard's dad. Sure, maybe it's uh, the time where Napoleon Dynamite's knock him out. They don't even mention um, the God, Demi Q, right? Yeah, could have been the Demi Q. Was that? that was in the first season. Uh, that's a, I, one of my I favorite. The name of it. I forget Not the name of it. It's the, it's the one where they Bolana with... and Chicote fuck in Bolana's dreams. Yeah, and that's the one where they open up with um, Janeway and her bodice ripper correct and she's like seeing shit oh you thought it's like holiday kind of was a good one that was that was good season one uh he doesn't even mention that uh jane was kind of like what do you mean you don't know which time it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there's this growing horror on janeway's part of like what the fuck did i get these people into like that is actually what she says and they do a great job of giving you just this cavalcade of bullshit in these quick hit quick hits they they run into this nothing happens right they don't encounter whatever it is that's not that's not the point because they're going to like, gotta help him he's like he's nah, so blase fine. we're fine nah, we're, we're fine. fine we made it through fine don't worry about it and they go to astrometrics which uh is the only part of the ship that apparently is in the future because when we go in it is very clearly Two people we haven't seen before, but yet are two people we've seen before because they look like adult versions of Naomi and Isheb, which they end up being. And they say they are, from their perspective, 17 years into the future future. And in their time frame, the captain and Chakotay are already dead. So they're like, oh, hey, sweet. You must be from the past. It's nice to see you guys. And they're both Starfleet officers. Naomi's a lieutenant and Isheb's a commander. Reflecting on this moment now, I think it would have been appropriate to kind of make Chakotay falter as he discovers that even 17 years later, Voyager is still, in fact, stuck in the Delta Quadrant. Um, he glazes over it. And, and again, I didn't even realize it when I was wrapped up in the moment because of pacing so well. But like that, I think, should have been a pretty big kick in the ribs to him he's the character that's been most at peace of that being the reality though like of all the characters throughout the entire show keep bringing up like 
you know, we might do this for the rest of our lives and we, we have a practical need to like train, reproduce, train each of Naomi to be officers and think to the future of this being a generational ship. Like from the first season, he brings that up. So for him, for him, this is probably much easier to accept because he's probably seen that as a possibility the entire time. In fact, he might be even more pleased to see like the ship is intact and each is, you know, grown up to be a leader and Naomi as well. And it's like, Oh, cool. My plan has worked. <laughs> like, Yay. They're like, we got to keep going and we're going to need to go back to the past. And I, I knew it wasn't going to happen. I had my fingers crossed anyways, though. Like you brought back so many, you, you gave me Seska. So I'll forgive I'll forgive it. And and you've gone much further than Seska with, uh, you know, some proton villainy here. But God, man, like, give me that fucking Kess. Give me that Kess money. Yeah. The the lack of Kess. The Kess should have been in this and not the, the stupid yeah, episode yeah. that they gave her. Yeah. Like, that should have been Kess's big farewell was to show up in this and that she had, like, because of her psychic powers, some kind of, like, timey-wimey sense of, like, shit's all fucked. You know, yeah, man. She like, played a part in this episode that way. Let her be the fucking oh god, man. If and and this is this is hard. This is, ladies and gentlemen at home, don't don't try script doctoring, uh, you know, unless you're a licensed professional like Joe and I here. Um, we have clear certifications. <laughs> get cat. Get Jennifer Lean in here. Get Chakotay juice in her up. Let her roll around. You could tone down some of the sexual whatever. Or at least get her in there. Let her fall back in with the doctor. Let yeah. them have their fucking reunion. And let Kespi run in the temporal command center with uh, the doctor as they try to like engineer this uh, neural gel pack Hail Mary that they end up going with later on. Provided they didn't do the the massive self own that Fury was, and in, and all of a sudden you just see Kess back in this episode, in this context, it really would have been great just for Janeway to like touch on that and understand, oh, the she's no compen, she's the race of the people that I chose to strand us in the Delta Quadrant to help, like it it would have just structured the episode even even more strongly, I think, along those lines, but. Yes, like you said, they gave they gave us Seska, so there's a lot of forgiveness. What who probably does not forgive this episode is Jerry Ryan because she had to go back into fucking Bork makeup. Yes, <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure she saw the script and was like, "Oh fuck you guys." They I, they they talk about it in the episode. Oh, we got to find seven of nine, and she's like, uh, seven of what now?" And she's like, "Oh, Bork drone, you become best friends. Don't worry, let's go find her." And uh, of course, the seven they find is. Scorpion seven, which means she is in the worst board. seven to possibly get. Uh, and and I'm going to give Jerry Ryan. I'm going to give. There's humor in these el- in, in these scenes, right? Like if you go back to Scorpion, I don't think the seven of nine you're seeing here is the real seven Scorpion. And I don't think it could be. I don't think that seven of nine would have cooperated. Um, so I'm not going to call it ramrodding. But there's some personality lubrication here. You get a lot of future seven bleeding through this performance, but you're going to need that to tell the story that ends up being very rewarding. So, you know, she is the uh, the quantum 
time theory expert on the ship. She's got full Borg resources behind her. She's like, oh, yeah, we deal with this shit all the time in the collective. That's why we put a you know special force field around us. When we're in transwarp. Um, here's our game plan. And she lays out a whole, okay, take your, your, your anti, uh, time fuckery medication and go to the bioneural gel packs, inject the bioneural gel packs, and I'll be able to, uh, invert the subspace molecular super duper field of your mom. And we can go back into the time frame that we're supposed to be. I Jane, love I, I, the, the, the thing about the scene that's actually really cool is Jane like Kate Mulgrew does a great job in this episode because she actually again inhabits the version of her character for all of this is fucking new right so anytime something fucked up happens her face just goes like what the I'm sorry this is this is my life right and she's like going through all of this with just like her eyes super wide she's kind of looking back over at Chakotay like okay all right God, I was not, to the Borg, huh? Sweet. <laughs> I, well, yeah, like I was not ready at all when they're like, we got to go find seven and then to cut to the cargo bay all all borged up. And I was like, oh, shit, this is bold. And Jamie creeping in like, uh, you better fill me in on this. And I wanted Chakotay to be like, well, actually, this is your fucking idea. I hated it. I hated it so much. I like mutinied once you got knocked out. You were super pissed about it, and I'm glad you're pissed about seeing what you did now because I was super duper right. This is a bad idea. I One of vindic- many. I, I am personally vindicated by this experience, and I thank you for it. <laughs> <laughs> you never would have admitted that you were wrong because you never do, but you are now, and yes, I was right. Um, unique situation here because it's kind of a, a funhouse mirror of horrors and it's one way to look at this episode is Janeway being confronted with the stupidity and and hazard of so many of her harebrained decisions uh and ultimately they resolve it the right way but in these moments it's nice to see Janeway forced to confront the sheer craziness and stupidity of what she's doing. I want to fold back to an earlier statement you made. And this is something I think that is, is unique to Voyager. And I think must be very fun for the cast. They go back in time so much timeless. Uh, the Kess episode where she's moving around, where she's quantum leaping through her own life. Yeah. Uh, the Kess episode, the the last one where it was awful fury. Mm-hmm. It's got to be cool to like, and, you know, Picardo does it all the time and these other characters just to go back and revisit where you were with this character to rewatch those old episodes and portray that character as another character as frequently as they do. I, I think that's kind of part of the attraction of doing these long form television shows as a, someone in the craft, right? Like there's a, there's a texture to how you can evolve the character through all these iterations of playing it over and over again as its storyline continues that you don't get if you're doing a movie, if you're doing a play, if you're doing something static that's relatively short, right? But if you do this TV show, if you can have this continuity that no other medium can allow you to explore as an actor. And yeah, like what a treat to be able to go back and say, oh, I get to I get to demonstrate the subtle differences in how i'm portraying this now by going back and looking how i portrayed it before purposely portray it that way and have it immediately contrast with the opposite and where this episode shines so brightly is in the capacity of everyone 
from from main star to guest stars to do exactly that which is probably why it was always one of my favorites to rewatch because you can kind of get that that aura off everything that you can see and you're doing it in this in this marvel comics what if format what if voyager what if Catherine janeway got to uh go through a christmas story and see yes the the future and past of of her decisions you know we're, we're cresting 50 minutes here i think <laughs> they, they i think the we're due a long episode it's been a while since yeah. we've had a really long one this is and, one to uh, marinate is... with uh, strap yourself in folks it's probably be an hour 20 we should have did this one in person I'm, I'm i'm saving the finale for that peter i mean it feels like the time you and i need to get back together not to so, spoil anything <laughs> They wrap up with seven. They get back out in the hallway. Everything seems fine. I I scream like a, a school child as I see this hideous CGI blob fly down the hallway <laughs> chasing them. Like it's straight like, out of 1996 when they made it, man. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, it's a fucking macro virus. They duck that shit like, okay, that goes back in the clock. Straight Rick and Morty moment there, right? Oh, mm-hmm. all right, cool. We portal jump. Yeah, that was, uh, that's... That was a whole thing. Yeah, don't worry about that. Come on, we got to keep going. Chugga, 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 chugga. Where next? They turn the corner, black and white. Oh my God, the fucking crowd goes crazy again. Three-pointer at the buzzer. We're back in fucking Proton. I mean, we're not just back in the Captain Proton set. Oh no. You know, they're they're in they're in Dr. Chaotica's lab, you know, and they're creeping through, trying to find the, the gel pack so they can inject it. Hidden behind and- rocks. And they're like moving the rocks and what should happen, but Satan's robot. Ayala himself. And, and Dr. Chaotica's henchmen are there and spot them. And then Martin Rayner shows up as Dr. Chaotica and he is just killing it, man. Like he sells that cheesy, like serial dialogue to the maximum degree. The music comes in, you know, the, the Chaotica music. You know, the all the Captain Proton like basic or orchestrals in the background that swell as he does his operatic dialogue about the spider queen has a re- a returned. I knew you wanted to come, my love, so that you could die. <laughs> like ah I mean it's just if you're and gonna it's bring not just back, Chaotica, right? Yeah. It's Chaotica plus the caves. It's the ca- the hell-, hell caves. You're gonna you gotta use them. God, you know the only thing they're really missing here, aside from Kess, I think is uh, Cardassian, Cardassian hallway. hallway. Yeah. Oh man, I don't even know what I would have done with my. Well, that never <laughs> appears on Voyager proper, so I'll, I'll I'll give that one a hall pass. Uh, so Janeway is like, what the fuck? And uh, Chakotay already kind of clued her in, like, yeah, Paris is uh, real big on this stuff, and this is all him. Um, this is all post Bride of Chaotica. So she has already established herself as Arachnia. Uh, Chakotay drops a line in here that I thought was had a double meaning, which is, you know, Jane was like, his tastes don't seem particularly sophisticated. And Chakotay says, that's why we like him. Just think back to the fact that he programmed a sex bot mm-hmm. for Tuvok. Like, everyone's a customer at Tom's Bordello. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, himself like what if she dropped like yeah he programmed your boyfriend <laughs> like oh we uh look kathy why don't you stow this uh high and mighty i would never bang a hologram here you and i don't hook up but uh 
well, let's let's just say uh, if I could turn on Irish Mike right now, you'd see some things, <laughs> some things you enjoy. Another great opportunity. Well, no, I if I'm, I feel like this episode's one of those type deals where it's like, all right, you got ten dollars and you have to build a superhero team and Batman six and Superman seven and you know mm-hmm. uh, Guy Gardner's only three and fucking I I don't know. Uh, Squirrel Girls one, yeah. Although she took out Doom, which you know was quite the resume builder. But yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a dollar value. We can only h- hire so many fucking uh, extras to come back and and do their guest shots. Um, we don't spend a lot of time in in uh, the proton simulation. We He's spend like, just enough. We spend enough where Janeway has to like think about okay, I'm Queen Arachnia, and she, like, sort of sells it. Not as hard as when she's in Bride of Chaotica, but in, she, like, picks up the context clues that, that Chakotay puts down for her of, like, how, how she's supposed to act. And she's like, oh, I, this is, like, a bad 50 serial. Okay, I'll do that. And it works. And she's, like, exasperated by the experience. <laughs> it's like, if we get back to a normal timeline, remind me not to let that man near a fucking holodeck. <laughs> do we know what the timeline is on this because i mean it goes without saying of course the safeties are not functioning right of course right duh but i'm curious like if this is just another random time that voyager is running this program the safeties are down everywhere is somewhere else busy and uh and yeah they just happen to wander in here um they resolve this the the dilemma here with diplomacy which i thought was cool right it could have been a run and gun it could have been an intense action moment instead it's just a little bit of charisma uh they get uh chaotica on their side he injects the gel pack she vows she's going to destroy all of these uh alien um sabotage packs and uh and he sends her out as her agent and along they go to what is one of my what was really a standout scene i thought they they go to the transporter room Mm-hmm. And they find uh, a portion of the Maquis that had just freshly transported over. Complete with uh, not yet Lieutenant Ayala in his catcher gear. Smoldering. Just straight smoldering. smoldering. Oh, so angry. That look, so smoldery. I could feel it on my skin. You got Roxanne Dawson there. And this is an excellent point of redemption and a standout scene because Belana Torres fucking sucked early Voyager. I don't think Roxanne Dawson understood what I don't think the writers understood what uh, Bellana Tours was about. And we we get laughable performances like her throwing the tin cup at Chakotay's foot early on. And f- whereas everybody else is able to go back and revisit these uh, these early safe points of their characters and do it faithfully. I think she's able to come back here not to um, not to uh, remake this in high def but to actually reimagine the character from the ground up and and have this emotion and purpose and conviction that was completely lacking in the early portrayals of Bolana and the the fire she brings in and confronting Chakotay like what are you doing in that uniform what the hell's going on this crazy bitch just stranded us here and you expect me to help her like it she knocks it out of the park and and I I ate it up with a spoon. I agree. I mean, I, I didn't think of that when I was watching it initially, but upon reflecting on 
what you're saying and how she can conveys it's not a piece of her personality we ever got to see because you know the whole the cold cake was baked in regards to voyager staying in the delta quadrant without her really being involved so and and also by the time we started getting more time and, and effort focused on her she's trying to like make this whole starfleet thing work and like you said it didn't go well with how they were trying to establish her character in season one it was among the worst parts of the first season of the show but she so, just has yeah. this palpable hurt and betrayal yeah. and confusion and fear and it's it's amazing. So uh, as always, hats off to Roxanne Dawson, but like, this is a really stellar moment for that character. Uh, and important because it was such a turd early on. Like she does, she does uh, some real heavy lifting, fixing that there. Um, Janeway's kind of like, what's this bitch's problem. And, <laughs> and Chakotay is like, well, you know, chill out. She's pretty good. In fact, she's going to be your chief engineer. So yeah, there's a, there's a, the, the thread continues to develop of, Janeway gives Chicote the sex eye, but also starts asking pointed questions and doesn't care about the temporal prime directive. And she's getting information. She knows that she gets the the them stuck in the Delta Quadrant. She Which knows. is like, did, did he say Delta Quadrant? And he's like, Ugh. and Chicote's not wanting to tell her, but Janeway's just insisting. And and, and as they go through the, all of this, it's like impossible not to have to explain some things. And so she gets a pretty good picture of what happened. They got stranded. They they did so at her orders, her choice, and they have encountered death trap a death trap after death trap, as she specifically says. And eventually, they're in the the they go to the mess hall and they encounter uh basically a piece of the ship that's in the current time frame, where Tom is trying to treat everyone's injuries but doesn't have enough supplies, and she sees Tuvok die, and it's awful. And gets a coffee from Neelix, who gives her a pep talk of like, you know, you, you've always got us through everything, Captain. I'm sure you'll get us through this, too. And they head back into the turbo lift and she's like, yeah, why don't we just like not fuck around with the Delta Quadrant and put the ship back in my time frame and just not do any of this? Because the Delta Quadrant seems like it fucking sucks. And I don't want to do this to my people. Uh, yeah. She, so she's having her crisis of faith. And the self-awareness of this episode uh, is really encapsulated at this point, And it's, it's done with all the right ways. This is genius writing because this normally Chakotay is, I think the, the, the personification of the audience. He's the one who calls out bullshit. Um, he's the one who most of the time is be the reasonable person in the room. And through this episode, pre-caretaker Janeway is that that member of common sense and again going through this Christmas story of like I've brought ruin and hurt to everyone's life and me leaving the Ocampa or you know sparing the Ocampa at great cost ourselves um this isn't worth it we we cannot let this happen and um I can't remember what the other episode was where they they really do a good job like step it was right after that night. real lame ass one was night. it, it night? was night yeah and there was also one that was right after the one where they uh, uh seven of nine learns about the joys of windows 95 because like they're like oh no the adventurous spirit and it's like this is stupid but the episode after that like there's legit like this is why the spirit of adventure is here they they do a really great job in the skipped script during this turbo lift ride 
where Chakotay is like, yeah, listen, you're just seeing the bad stuff. And like, we do have this unique opportunity now to undo all of this, but you need to realize there's so much more going on here. And it's one of those moments where the writer's room is kind of able to forgive all of their past sins by saying, you know, here's the, here's the big picture. Here's why we check under every rock. Here's why we do all these very stupid things and get ourselves in these silly situations. Uh, at the end of the day, it's all worth it. We've got these kids. We've got so many people we've helped. Blah, 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 blah. Um, we're not. Our, ne- our next door rating sucks. And yeah. It's real bad. We, the Cleveland Bromars, ugh, I mean, they, they basically Google review bombed us. Yeah. Not this good dude, situation. Real pissed. Like, that's the, everything I just said about, like, Chakotay does a great job saying, no, you know, we need to do this is important. I, I feel like Chakotay uh, lies through a mission about, like, we saved the Borg, like, three times and they kill a lot of people. Like, a lot. I am able to say, I think, effectively in this scene, I get what they're going for. I actually appreciate what they're going for. I think it is well acted on both of the actors' parts. There's just too many sins on the plate for me to totally buy what Chakotay is saying. Uh, But I understand, right? Like, they can't undo the premise of the show in the seventh season. That was never on the table. And if you're going to have this moment, where Janeway's like, this is all so fucked up. Let's not do it. This was the best version of the scene I think you could do. And yeah. so I'll grant it that respect. Uh, I You can't undo all of the sins of every stupid writer that came before, but you can at least give the thesis statement of like, when this show is at its best and it's showing the ship going through this journey and doing the good Federation thing in, in its journey, it is good. And so let's speak from that kind of spot and and make the pitch okay i buy it um not an easy thing to do given the scope of nonsense we've sat through but uh a plus plus in the way they present it um they decide okay like they have to go to engineering to finish the deal but as as chicote explains to janeway with another astonished look on her face yeah, Seska's a member of my crew, but she turns out she was a Cardassian spy, and then she took over the ship with a bunch of Kazon. Uh, don't worry, we get it He's back. He's basically <laughs> the best villain that Burma yeah. ever produced. Um, it's very fitting that she's the final boss of this episode. <laughs> so, like, there's mm-hmm. a lot going on here. And, and she goes, like, I think diplomacy's our best option. And then Janeway lays this line down. She's like, something along the line, like, yeah, you know, well, I always said, when diplomacy fails and I was like, is she about to go living witness? <laughs> is she going to complete the sentence saying when diplomacy fails, violence is the only option. Like you need to have a trick up your sleeve. And I'm like, you're skating the line, Kathy. You don't know it, but you might as well let me swing by the locker real quick. I got to get my black turtleneck and leather gloves. <laughs> so the Chicote goes in and negotiates with Seska and the Kazan. If you like, Time shit's happening. Let me fix it. I just have to inject the things and then initiate this pulse and everything. Will go back to like, normal. yeah, man, that's so uh, okay. Sounds yeah, good. Let's do yeah. it. Clearly that, something's up and yeah, this is too zany to not be true. I'm with you. Let's, let's do it. 
And then as Chicote's putting in this information into the to the the El cars, good old Seska saddles up right next to him and goes, You know what's uh you know what's correct about men? They get more distinguished as they look older. And she's and you like see that the wheels have turned, right? Like I can tell you're five years older. Oh, and when you were delirious earlier, you kind of like mentioned that this some this happened to you five years ago. And if it's weird time shit that's happening, you're a future Chicote. And if you're a future Chicote, that means you motherfuckers got the ship back. So fuck you and fuck your plan. Thanks for putting the information in the computer. I'm gonna make it so it goes back to my time. And Chicote like lays out the but wait, you could kill us all. And then in, in the most Seska moment. Which is so fitting, since it's the last time we get to see her. She goes, so? Because if I let things happen the way they do, I die. <laughs> like, I get fucked. I don't want to get fucked, so this is all I can do. What What other fucking choice do I have, right? Like, Tesca is you, so you smart. win. Yeah, so I have to try and beat you this way. Fuck you. <laughs> she is so smart. Her ability... Her innate racial ability is she has the jump to conclusion map, but when she uses it, it's like tactical and it, it, it's not cheating. It's she's just she's too goddamn smart, right? Yeah. Uh, like, if I lose I anyway, I might as well roll the roll the dice on you're, whatever you're this here, bullshit is. You're still wearing a uniform, like clearly you guys won, and I'm not about that. So uh, here's my gamut, and like she pulled that, I'm like, ah, oh, god, like it's impossible for me not to root for her, right? Like. Like, why did you have to, why'd you die? Like, oh, you would have been so good as like a shadow operator. Um, So now the planeteers start pouring out of the woodwork, right? It's everybody from every time frame. It's season one, Harry. It's season seven, Tom. You've got grown up Icheb and Naomi. Uh, You've got the, you've got (laughs) smoldering catcher guy and terrorist Bolana. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely... I I mean, really, all you needed was Smoldering Catcher. I mean, he probably yeah. could have gone in there and whip all their asses. Like, oh, God, just think if Lon could have popped out of the hatch at that exact <laughs> I oh. mean, wait, wait a second. What the fuck? <laughs> I have been spending 45 minutes doing a, a, a death chant <laughs> in the Jeffrey's tube, trying to get the energy. I've been doing... I've been doing all of this preparation. I've done a Betazoid death chant for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. If only. He comes out with two pipes. Uh, <laughs> he kicks off. They kick off this final combat. I was wrong. the The previous escape by Chakotay was not, in fact, the first. Uh, was not the big weapon of mass destruction console bomb. It's here. The console explosion that starts this fight off is the massive one that like basically rocks the camera. Like I'm surprised you can't see space from the hole this thing blows. It takes out like three fucking K's on. I would have liked to see. Balana in that moment outraged that her BFF Seska was actually a fucking Cardassian, like ultimate betrayal. <laughs> like, I, 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 I just a quick close up, like, what the fuck? Um, what is this? We were friends. Seska gets a temporarily upper hand right at the end there. And uh, also, like, says to Jacote, like, explains what his plan was. Like, oh, you inoculated all of the other people from all of the other time frames. How clever. I still have a gun on your captain, so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. So we're going to do this my shit my, the way I want. At evil villain speech, evil villain speech. And that is, of course, when the utmost anticlimactic thing happens. And that is just uh, Seven of Nine comes in and just 
blasts Seska and ends the fight. Right out of the side hatch, Seska's eyes wide like, what the fuck? A fucking boar. <laughs> this was not in the plan. Boom! <laughs> Shoots her twice. Uh, Seven's like, yeah, well, implant shields. And then in true Seven of Nine fashion, shoots up engineering. <laughs> Sorry, home court advantage. I Wow, that felt really good. I'm going to remember this. This felt so good is going to transcend space and time. And I, this is now in my DNA. I did not know this was an itch. I like to scratch. I will sh- do this more. Uh, it was pretty fucking cool seeing her just come out straight Terminatrix gun down Seska. The one wish, man. Like if, it's if the, only, I it's had... the only time they ever encounter each other. Seven it's a, it's a hell of a way to encounter each other, but yeah, just get, uh, one of them gets shot by the other. You know, if I if I had my script wishes, like this would have been the moment. All hope is lost, or just something where you know more Kazon flood in, or just that that real overwhelming moment. This is where we have Kesp come in, mind bop everyone around the place, throw Seska into the fucking warp core, look at a uh, Janeway and say, "All right, we're even." And then zip off. Sorry, I tried. Hey, we're, I'm sorry I fed you to the, not you, Jean, to the fucking Vidians. We're even. Goodbye. Boop. That's the it, only way to make this episode better in my book. Janeway gives a speech to everybody of like, thanks for being my time adventures. Go back to wherever you were supposed <laughs> to go. Because what's going to happen is Chicote is going to have like three seconds to prevent this from happening again. And once that she's done that, that's when she goes over and she has the the talk that I mentioned earlier, which is, you know, a lot about me. I'm lunch of books. I, you definitely fuck. And, uh, do we fuck? Cause I'm, I'm hoping the answer is yes. Like that. She asked that question, hoping the answer was yes. There's just no, like her face, her expression she's like i just i just want i just want to hear that i i get the deep dick and please tell me that let, that's what let happens. me let me understand this so uh we don't really effectively have a a timer on this situation right it's not like we have to fix this before the wormhole collapses um everything's cool we won i just told everybody to clear the deck i'm not going to remember what happens here uh hey what if we go up to that area above the warp core i think the 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 crew members call it the sex loft do you want to <laughs> do you want to go up there and then yeah, you like, no the space rat kills people up there it's 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 no boy no he's finally uh, gets his shot he finally gets his shots we're like yeah kathy we fucking like rabbits we're gonna do it now we we don't do it ever but we're gonna do it now because you're not gonna remember and technically none of this is ever gonna happen yeah, and taste. i'm gonna be able to plead the fifth Takes a, up in that sex takes a hard pass pussy uh he gets in there he fixes the warp core no he orders uh balana to turn the main deflector into a lightning rod it fries the main deflector out he saves the day janeway's like what the fuck he's like uh time directive i can't tell you she's like uh okay well hey let's go get drunk up in my quarters uh, I'm going to tell you again about these terrible fucking thunderstorms that we used to have out on the plains of Indianapolis. E- even though the weather systems are tightly controlled by the Federation, but 
I've been very deeply traumatized, Chakotay, by lightning bolts, by shockies. <laughs> Whatever you say, stupid shit. When you're a full wine bottle, in I suppose, and you know, she just has this persistent fear. Which again, you know, is, is good continuity writing. Like she's mentioned before about these traumatic thunderstorms she's been through. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Chakotay plays it cool and uh, sticks to his guns on these. Um, on his his time diplomatic immunity from answering questions and uh we get some good reflections so and in the end that's how it wraps up no one knows what happened except for him and he chooses not to tell anybody mm-hmm. and definitely not Catherine janeway and it's like somehow perfect right like it is a bottle episode literally it didn't happen because chakotay took that action but unlike some of the prior bottle episodes there is a little bit of of there's a consequence in that specifically Chicote does remember and he he allows himself to enjoy the growth of his 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 comrades as a consequence uh yeah and and there is a consequence ultimately is now Chicote has shared culpability in the death of the billions that have lost their lives to the borg and all of other Janeway's stupid decisions because he has now single-handedly blessed her actions and all of their blood is on his hands as well he could have undone everything and he actively chose death that next door rating isn't going to stay at a one without effort (laughs) speaking of effort peter oh this episode slaps just this is fucking great you should watch it it. is it better than timeless no timeless is a better story this this is close though i mean it's probably my second favorite timeless has uh epic proportions right Mm -hmm. Uh, and and for that i'll give timeless the uh number one slot but this this is has to be number two right this is it going to be number this is going to be a really big episode for us because it's continuity porn, right? Like this is what this is. This is rewards people exactly like you and me who've watched every episode, get every reference and, and understand exactly what they're doing. And they don't do this sort of thing very often because like we talked about, they were paranoid when they're producing this show about keeping it as episodic as possible. So people could come back into it and come out of it and come back into it without feeling they needed to quote unquote, know things. Well, let me ask you this though. The fact that it was so rare is probably why like we're just overwhelmed with joy that it happened at all. So in if Voyager didn't suck as much as it does in terms of continuity and other stuff, would would this episode be as good as it is uh if this was part of any other TV show? You get what I mean? Like I get what this you is mean. great because this breaks so many Voyager rules. I I think this is a great episode of Voyager. It is a great episode for Voyager fans. I think objectively speaking, I wouldn't put it in my top ten Star Trek episodes but I would appreciate it so much more as a Voyager episode. Like there are other Voyager episodes I would put in that top 10 that I would not put this in because this is for us. This is for you and me, buddy. This is not like an objectively great sci-fi drama over 45 minutes or an hour and a half. Mm. 
It's for you and me. And that's why we like it so much because it's so good at being something for you and me. Fair enough, man. Uh, moving out of this, we're going into season seven, episode 12 lineage. We got, uh, our girl Roxanne looking pissed. Tom and Bellana are overjoyed about their coming child, though Bellana starts having nightmare flashbacks of her own childhood. Well, Hey, uh, Netflix. Thanks for the spoilers. Although if Voyager itself didn't show me their fucking wedding, then clearly, uh, <laughs> for all I know, we're going to start this episode with them saying, Hey, yeah, we're pregnant. Or, or Tom's going to be talking to Neelix about them being pregnant. I'd be like, did, did we miss something? What do you remember about this episode, Joe? I, I think it's one you're going to have more to talk about than anyone else. I don't have kids. You do. It's really about that having kids. I thought you were going to say I have a traumatic half Klingon upbringing. And yeah, obviously that. Uh, but um, it's it's also about mixed race children. I have to put too fine a point on it. So that one you may not necessarily be able to cover much ground on. But uh, however, just so our listeners know, you will be hearing our review of Lineage just uh, a little bit later than you might expect. So uh, it'll be uh, September 9th when you hear us talking about uh, uh, Shattered. And uh, you will hear us talk about Lineage on uh, September 23rd. Taking one week off. We appreciate hey, that. I just. But to be fair, you're getting double the episode here. 120. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's true. We're leaving you with a nice, tasty morsel. Uh, Your I responsibility just... to split this in two and, and ration it out. And uh, I, I appreciate everyone's patience. I need a, a quick break before we begin really kind of the end of the show. Like, this is really the marker where this is something you only do when this show is about the fucking rap. And uh, we got another uh, 12 weeks, I think, in front of us before we actually finish this thing. And I think I just uh, just want to stretch the old podcast muscles a little bit before we dive in. So see everyone then. <laughs>